gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. And uh, before we start, um, Cam, you've been sending me some memes that involve our friend <laughs> who you just heard there, the Democracy Manifest fella. Um, yeah, they're golden. It's so good. If if Olympic time, he really seems to be hitting his stride in the meme game. If you're not familiar with where that clip comes from, um, just put succulent Chinese meal into YouTube. Watch the whole video. It's an iconic piece of Australian history. And then go and look at the memes because right now it's probably the best time for you to be seeing that stuff. Um, a favourite of obviously, you and homebrewed. I've got a bit of it up now. I think this is the part <laughs> that relates to the memes. Have a listen. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Oh, that's a nice headlock, sir. Oh, uh, yes. I see that you know your judo well. So as you might have clued together from Eamon's preamble there and then that clip relating to the judo events at the Olympics, some of the memes have been running wild and we personally love to see the, the longevity of... A, the clip, B, the memes, and just everything that's going on with this democracy manifest, man. That's it. It's it. It's actually, you know what? In our internet cycle, and we're off topic here, but in the internet cycle, you know how like memes, culture, it just comes and goes with a click of a finger. Like think about Harambe. Harambe was there for six months. He dominated everything. People got tattoos and now he's gone. This man has lasted the test of time <laughs> and it's a true testament to his Australian spirit that he's done so. So kudos. Absolutely. But we will get into the music news and it's not necessarily good news uh, at the moment because reports suggesting that world tours will not be back until mid 2022 arena tours at least. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't want to just say it cause I, I don't know for sure, but if you're applying this, this report and these kind of metrics to world tours, international artists, you can probably apply it across the board to international artists. It's going to be hard to do. A, a new report uh, commissioned, uh, well, not commissioned, completed by PwC, which is PricewaterhouseCoopers. They're like a, a like professional firm that does these kind of reports, um, and they regularly do one on the Australian uh, Entertainment and Media Outlook. This is a 20th edition, actually. They've come out and said that the return of world tours to arenas in Australia uh, might not come until mid next year. The reason for that, they're saying, is the rigidity of kind of global travel at the moment and the quarantine periods that uh, you know we're having to endure in this country and, of course, around the world. Um, a big part that they note in this is that the lack of cohesion regarding restrictions between states. Obviously, Australia being such a big country, you can have a, a horrendous outbreak in one state that's having absolutely no impact on another. And these tours, we know artists travel all around the country because for them to travel to Australia, it's not really worth it doing it any other way. Um, so they're basically saying that artists, promoters, managers, etc., are going to be looking at Australia despite the fact we've done, you know, pretty well, uh, but seeing too much of a logistical nightmare to to do the expense, do the, the difficulty and bring acts out here, which is a shame. Yeah, I mean, even like, like we've seen it happen so much in the past, particularly the last couple of months and, you know, the next month and two going forward where gigs are having to be postponed. I saw... Uh, I think it was Ocean Alley. They had a gig with friends of the show from in Perth, Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. Um, they were supporting and Dulcie as well. 
Um, they had to postpone their gigs in New South Wales and Victoria, but they still went ahead in Breezy and Perth, I believe. So all, all these logistical nightmares that you're sort of mentioning as well for national bands, let alone international bands coming across as well, because just gigs are being cancelled left, right and centre at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, we know how difficult it is for Australian artists, you know, who might even just be playing an hour from where they live. Um, you can imagine an international artist isn't going to want to put up with that kind of stuff around. So, I mean, it's not necessarily surprising, but it is disappointing to have these kind of goalposts repeatedly move back and back again, you know, just when you think you might be out of it and normality resumes. Well, we're in more lockdowns again. It seems more shambolic than the past. And the prospect of artists coming out here is, you know, getting slimmer and slimmer. The other really interesting thing I thought about, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, is what is going to happen for these big festivals who are planning a relaunch? I mean, Splendor in the Grass is, you know, as far as we're concerned at the moment, still planning to go ahead with a new date in November. But in saying that, uh, they're saying Sydney might be in a lockdown until September. With the situation so precarious, are they going to go ahead with it? And also, they reckon that Tyler, the creator's coming out. They reckon that the Strokes are going to be playing. They still reckon they're getting international acts in. And if this report's saying that arena tours aren't going to go ahead, well, you know, you can assume the same thing is going to apply for festivals too. Yeah, one would certainly assume so. I mean, a lockdown until September, just on a quick side note, that means I'll have my first ever lockdown birthday. I know some people have gone through two yeah I, I haven't had one yet so if it does go through september which is likely at the moment um i could have my first birthday in lockdown i'm gonna mail you a confetti cannon if that's <laughs> the case or i'll just drive past your house and just shoot confetti out the window or something like i look that. forward to it but we do hope that's not going to happen we want to get gigs happening uh a lot sooner but yeah that is uh that's that part of the music news don't expect your world tours and you know keep an eye on your international acts if you do have things i mean guns and roses and lord were meant to be here in the next 12 months that's not looking likely just keep that in mind if you're looking at ticket purchases etc and don't buy tickets from Vigogo as well <laughs> yeah actually quick side note carl barron a famous australian comedian came out slamming Vigogo. Uh, last week it was, uh, came out slamming them in a Facebook post. And a lot of the comments were people sharing their experiences, buying tickets for Carl's gigs and paying twice as much or buying tickets that never existed. And Ticketek couldn't help them because they didn't buy it from them. And obviously Vigogo weren't much help either. So just another case, another case study, if you will, of just these ticket scalpers doing ticket scalping things and ripping people off. So definitely, if you are going to buy tickets to an event, don't buy it from Viagogo. But we are going to go into a song now, and we're going to play a song which is relating to our next topic in the music news. You might remember, we, we mentioned it beforehand that we're going to, you know, songs that blew up on TikTok, and they're actually perhaps more responsible for people hitting the charts and hitting the big time than we might be given credit for. This is one of the tracks that hit big on the TikTok charts before it actually hit big on, say, the ARIA charts here in Australia. It's Aussie artist Dean Lewis. The song is called Waves. It's Waves there by Dean Lewis. And the reason we gave that a spin, other than it being new and emerging Australian music, which we always do here on Home Brute, home brood uh it <laughs> relates nicely to our next music news topic it does yes now that song as you mentioned before that one cam dean lewis waves is one example of many that we're now seeing tracks that blow up on tiktok before they actually make it into i mean 
I suppose TikTok is the mainstream. I don't know what we call the mainstream now, but before they they make it to traditional popular metrics, you know, charts, radio play, etc. Um, that's one Australian example of it. And a, a a new study that was kind of commissioned by TikTok, uh, completed by a couple of independent um, analyst firms of these people that do studies, whoever they are, MRC Data and Flamingo Group, they're called, um, have actually shown that TikTok is a, a, a much bigger player in music than a lot of people might want to give it credit for. 75% of their US users say they discover new artists via the platform, which is an enormous figure. Um, as I said, it was commissioned by TikTok's uh, marketing science, music perceptions and research team um, by those in independent analytic firms. Um, 72% of users say they associate specific songs with TikTok, while 67% say they're more likely to later search for tracks they first heard on the app on another music streaming platform, um, which you know is considerable numbers. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, my girlfriend is guilty of this as too. The amount of songs, uh, if we're just in the car or she's playing music in the background. And I'm like, is this a TikTok song? Yep. Is this another TikTok song? Yep. Or we'll be playing along. And I'm like, where's this song from? TikTok? She's like, yep. It's like her <laughs> music library now is just filled of songs that she has found through TikTok. And there are even people promoting their music on TikTok as opposed to trying to go through you know, the traditional ways that we were discussing before, there are people who say, hey, I actually, I recorded a song and they'll play a little teaser and they'll be like, you know, follow me and for when I release it. So it's another strategy to get yourself out there and your music heard. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, now, like, you know, for those of us who know people who use TikTok a lot or do use TikTok a lot, you know, we're, we're probably aware of this, of how much of an influence it has. But to see numbers is really, really interesting. Um, and we know now that artists are actually, as you said, designing release strategies around TikTok. Some artists, I know Drake had a song um, that he more or less wrote for TikTok. And the, the kind of thinking behind that being is if you can get someone to want to put that behind their video, be it through a dance or just be it as a really good you know, accompaniment to something else, that starts a trend. Everyone starts using that song and replicating your video. You're going to reach a huge amount of people. Now, in, if you want numbers of that, the uh, February of this year, it was estimated that the platform had 1.1 billion monthly users, which is crazy. It's, it's a rise from 680 million in November 2018. So one-seventh of the world uh, every month on TikTok, which is just remarkable. To put it in perspective, Spotify has 345 million monthly active users and estimates that figure will rise to 407 to 427 million monthly users by the end of this year. So TikTok's been around for half the time or even less um, and has 1.1 billion monthly users who are pretty much where, where music and, and consumption of music is like an integral part of their experience on the platform. So in terms of influence, this is huge. And it's more than just the exposure to, well, it is, it's the exposure of music. It's not just like on Spotify, people have their music, that they, the songs that they save, and then they tend to rotate between those unless you're actively going out, looking through certain playlists to find new music or whether you're looking through your Discover Weekly, things like that. M most people are set in stone with the music that they have saved to their library. So they're the songs that they tend to listen to where TikTok, you can just be scrolling through and there's a video comes up. You're like, oh, I've never heard this song in my life. And then you scroll through the next four videos, which all have the same song. I mean, it's a great way to be exposed to new music. And we even saw they did like a live stream concert thing with Ed Sheeran as well. 
Yeah, yeah, they've got it's there's a lot happening in the TikTok space at the moment. Um and it's it's I know it's really interesting to watch because we've spoken about on this show about how Spotify and streaming services have changed the way that we listen to music. I mean, we know artists that we speak to regularly, their release strategy revolves now around just releasing single after single until the whole album's out because in the streaming world, that's how it works better. Whereas previously, you'd release a few singles and someone would have to go buy the CD or buy it on iTunes to cop the rest of it. Now, as TikTok becomes such an influential uh, dictator of kind of the, the musical economy uh, and, and like ecosystem, you know, how are we going to see artists changing and how are we going to see the way music is both released and consumed changing to match with the exposure they can get from this new platform? It's, it's really interesting to watch whether you think it's a good thing or a bad thing. This is massive kind of cultural change it's changing the way the world consumes music which you know is you know for better or worse it's happening and it's really interesting yeah and i mean we mentioned when we played dean lewis beforehand i mean he's probably big enough in his own right in this country where his music would have been heard anyway but for a lot of artists who are up and coming like who heard of olivia rodrigo before tiktok was a thing before she put her music on TikTok and then it just blew up and it was every second video was an Olivia Rodrigo song. I mean, she's released an album now uh, or her album's on pre-order, something like that, as a result of her blowing up on TikTok and getting big. And now she has a musical career because of it. Like it's it's partly people being entrepreneurial enough to think, okay, let's think outside the box. Let's not go through the traditional routes and let's put my music on this platform. And it's also partly the platform itself for enabling people to do these sorts of things and have themselves heard and be exposed to new audiences. Yeah, yeah. There's just a range of factors that are influencing this and it is really interesting. I mean, Olivia Rodrigo, who you mentioned, unknown before TikTok and now one of the biggest artists in the world at the moment, one of the most listened to artists in the world, you know, not an overnight sensation, but a very, very quick sensation in terms of yeah, in terms of how quickly she blew up. Like you go look at her numbers on Spotify, and it's tens of millions of plays on every single song. So, you know, it is it's crazy to see how these things are changing. And you know, if you weren't familiar with TikTok, now you know this is a, a huge influence for how people are consuming music. So, keep an eye on that. We certainly will here at Homebrewed. That's our music news tonight. Uh, the gigs aren't coming soon. And if gigs can't influence your music, TikTok maybe can. <laughs>